Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Happy New Year. This is the... uh second episode that that's part of the 2023 uh season i guess you could say if there was such a thing uh, we don't have seasons on radio but we got seasons and everything else we got seasons in sports and seasons in life so why not seasons on radio so anyway um welcome to the program if you are a first-time listener we want to say welcome and let you know that we have about five years worth of episodes um in the past you can go on to shoutsofgraceradio.com and you can tap into a whole host of topics and subjects and people, uh, different people on on air with us here. And if you're a return listener, then you know that that's exactly what we do. We bring on different guest speakers um, or guests to to kind of talk over different subjects. And sometimes they're in studio and sometimes they're not. And so today, the, the first uh, episode of the new year, we have Pastor Keith Ratke from River Community Church, who is not in, he's in my studio because I could see his wonderful face on the screen, but he is not in the studio. Uh, he is, he is uh, joining us on the phone. How are you, brother? I'm doing very well, Steve. How are you, sir? Great. How was your, uh, how was your new year? Tell us real quickly how it's going with the church. Th- those of you that don't know, um, Keith pastors a church started off with with us in the early days of Redemption Hill and now he yeah. he's pastoring River Community as a as kind of a, a a plant out of of Redemption Hill and I hear it's going amazing so tell us what's up Yeah, things at River Community Church are going really well. We are uh, officially uh, a sister church and sent by um Redemption Hill, so we're grateful for your support and for ongoing friendship and partnership. We're currently meeting at the South Jordan Community Center, right? Uh, kind of smack dab in the middle of Salt Lake County. Um, Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., uh, doing really well. It was funny. We we did a joint Christmas service with another church in West Valley, and that was great. And then Christmas, you know, everybody was off on Christmas morning, and then, uh, and then we got snowed out on, <laughs> on New Year's Day. Um, we had like well close to a foot plus of snow accumulation. Um, and, uh, so that was exciting. So yesterday, uh, this past weekend was actually our first Sunday meeting again. And I tell you what, you go, you go for that long without meeting and it it feels like a hundred years. So it was a real blessing to get everybody back together, see some new faces and I'm really excited about what we're doing. Our youth group is taking off and they're meeting weekly and, We've got uh, small groups launching this month and going to be doing some stuff with Financial Peace University in February. So I, I'm excited about what God has been doing. We talked a lot yesterday about um, uh, Isaiah 43, where it talks about God doing new things, mm. you know, rivers in the desert and how important it is, it is for us to have expectation that God's going to do great things because he said he's going to do great things. Yeah, I um, agree. You know, agree. not not some sort of a hype. And, and so... We're excited. We're excited about this new year, what those great things uh, might look like for us. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we were just, we were talking before we came on air and just how God is moving in Utah. I mean, the, the, the Christian churches in Utah are 
experiencing growth. I don't think it's just uh, wit. I think there's depth there, and I think people are yeah. are getting the word. and And it's 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 a new day in a, in, in a state where I think it's traditionally been you know predominantly one one faith uh, tradition, and, and so now God is. God is moving. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for, for your guys' church and, and ours and, and the other ones that are, we got friends that are a part of, that are doing great work. You know, I, I, yeah. I love the fact that, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that, that, that don't have this in their, in their um, I guess you can call it their religious pedigree, where they're kingdom-minded. A lot of people come in with just this kind of four walls mentality. It's, you know, the local right. church, just my local church, and so I'm going to focus on that. And so they don't, they don't really get uh to be known outside of of their you know their their sphere of influence and i think that's a shame because you know there's so many mm. brothers even though we got you know we got we got differences in certain things but there's a commonality that that i think i, I just right. think it's healthy that that a church not make themselves an island or not 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 think that because they've got this big work or massive work that somehow they're you know, kind of the, the corner of the market church or something like that. I, I think, you know, for me, I, I look at the first century church and I just think, man, house to house and, and God added to them daily such as should be saved. And so, you know, I, I really right. appreciate you because I know you have kind of a kingdom mindset where it's not just what is happening in our church. You, you do connect with other people and other pastors and, and you do pray for that. So, right. um, so well, and we have yeah. to, you know, there's, there's a need for, for us to be looking outside of, ourself as a local church and how we can help build the kingdom as a whole. And we had a church planter and their family yesterday at our church. And it was just awesome to acknowledge them and, and in kind of re refreshing the congregation's focus on our vision as a local church. One thing that was said is, you know, we're here to build the kingdom. We're not here to build the, our local church. And that yeah. means people are going to come and go. We're going to send, we're going to partner, we're going to collaborate and, and it's so essential that every local church have some sort of a vision for building God's kingdom outside of their four walls, as you, as you said. Yeah. Amen. Well, Hey, I want to, I want to jump into today's, to today's discussion. Um, it's going to be out of Lamentations chapter three, if you're listening and you wanted to join in, um, in, in this, um, situation right here, um, we, we got a, we got Jeremiah, who's who's just coming off of the devastation and the ruin of of watching his nation and his people crumble, you know, um, and and so what happens is as Babylon comes in and destroys, uh, Jeremiah is kind of that transitioning prophet. He was there before uh, the devastation came, and he was there during and then after, and so. He walks through the ruins of Jerusalem and he's known as the weeping prophet because he's weeping and crying as he, as he writes down these, basically these five poems that we know as Lamentations and their laments. And I want to look at the third uh, chapter of Lamentations. I want to read this and then just kind of jump into the discussion in verse one. I just want you to, <clears throat> I want the listener to jump into the depths of this guy's pain and where he's at. He watched freedom disappear. He watched liberty disappear. He watched you know, the, the joy of being able to walk down the street in safety, to have an abundance of all, all kinds of things. So I want you to listen to this. I am a man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me, he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. 
He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has made my chains heavy. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with blocks of stones. He has made my paths crooked. He is a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He turned aside my steps and tore me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrow. He drove into my kidneys an arrow of his quiver. I have become the laughingstock of all the people, the object of their taunts all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has seated me with wormwood. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereaved of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my afflictions and my wanderings, the wormwood and the guile. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. What a depressing first part of this. And and it's almost like, Keith, there's a lot of accusations being thrown out as to the departure of God from him. God being, you know, the, him being a target of the Lord. So, so talk about what's happening in the first part in Jeremiah's mind and how, how we should be able to understand what that looks like before we look at this, the second part. You see very uh, consistently with all of the different prophets that speak that they take the national judgment that God delivers to the people of Israel and they internalize it, and they make it personal. And they recognize that there is a national aspect to the sin and the departure from God, but every person bears their own responsibility. And even the prophet, like Jeremiah does here, he very internalizes this this judgment of God and this sense of separation. I was even just thinking about this this verse is like he drove into my kidneys the arrows of his <laughs> quiver. Like God has delivered the death blow, you know, to me like an, like an archer would. And and I think that that is so important for us when we look around at the landscape of our own culture and our own national sins that that we recognize we have a part in that. You know that God is just to 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 judge every person individually, right? A national sin does not mean every person in that nation is condemned, but it also means that every person bears uh, their own accountability before God to say, God, I I have sinned, I have departed from you, and and here He is just <laughs> he, he is just completely leveled by by what He is seeing in His own country, especially. You know, with Babylon coming in, I mean, taking all these exiles away and and importing, you know, exiles from other countries and just completely devastating their their sense of cultural and national identity. And and I think that that's important for us as we look at 
both these Old Testament prophecies and 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 how to understand what what is going on here, but also in our own context, like we have our own relationship with God where we bear our own responsibility, our own accountability before him and and coming to him in prayer and saying, God, I pray for my part. I, I pray for my sins. I pray that I would be restored, not just that the nation would be restored. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah. it is interesting how he has very internalized the, the sense of judgment. Here. That's a great, that's actually a great insight on that. Um, you know, in, in the next chapter, um, it kind of alludes to, and I want to talk about this on, on the other side of our break here in a second, but in the, in, in the next chapter, in chapter four, verse 12, he says, the kings of the earth did not believe, nor did any of the inhabitants of the world um, that foe or enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem. And so what he's actually doing there is he's confessing that there's a national pride as well, that there's, that there's this disbelief that we have been beaten and we've been humbled, which tells me that, that the arrogance of a nation has a lot to do with yes. either the judgment or the preservation of the nation, right? And, and I want to talk a little bit about that um, on the other side of the break to listen to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill or Pastor Steve, visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm in studio today via phone uh, with uh, Pastor Keith Radke from River Community Church in West Jordan or South Jordan or whatever Jordan it is now, because it seems like it's right on the border of all of it. But we're, anyway, Jordan. Along the Jordan. <laughs> yeah, go, go to the Jordan and you'll find him. Uh, but anyway. Let's rename this valley, Jordan Valley. <laughs> exactly. Be, before the break, we were just talking about um, Lamentations 3 and just this deep depression um, that Jeremiah found himself in. And you had, had stated it was, it was just it's great insight that that he was internalizing, um, not necessarily himself guilty of the sin um, of the nation, but internalizing what was happening to the whole because it was his people. He was a part mm-hmm. of it, right? And and uh, and we're right. just looking at how that there was a national pride that existed according to the to, to the fourth chapter, and and nobody could believe it was happening, right? And so so what I'd like to do is 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 talk about that and then transition into. Um, despite all this turmoil that he sees, and, and it's really hard to break free from it, he does say in chapter three, verse 21, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So this is what I'm calling to mind, and this is what gives me hope. The steadfast love of the Lord right. endures forever. So, so, so talk about why, why, why pride becomes a, an essential part of judgment or correction in God's economy. Well, you see, you see the call in Second Chronicles, you know, verse we're, we're fond of of repeating that if my people, you know, will humble themselves and and call my name, I will hear them. You know, and and we like that second half of that verse that talks about the blessings and the promises that God's gonna, you know, come through on for us. But He says, if my people will humble themselves, you know, I I think of where we're at in the United States. I think we should always have a sense of um, you know. Uh, I, I, I use the word pride carefully, you know, in our national identity. Hey, this is my country. It's where I was born. I'm a citizen and that kind of stuff. But we start to use phrases like the greatest nation on earth. 
you know, yeah. like there's no other country as, as powerful as ours. Our leaders, you know, our presidents become the most powerful men on earth. And it's yeah. like leader of the free world. That's scary. <laughs> leader of the free world. Right. And it's like, what kind of a scenario is similar in our day as to what we're seeing there at the time of, um, of Jeremiah, that pride goes before a fall, right? God will exalt nations and he will bring down nations. You know, when we forget that it is God who, who elevates, that it is God who brings success and who glorifies and exalts a nation. When we, when we begin to take that credit for ourselves, when we begin to say that we've done this with our own hands, we we're essentially saying we could have done it without God yeah. <laughs> or, or we're beginning to forget that, that what God has done along. And I think that's why it's so important. What Jeremiah says here in verse 21 is this, I call to mind, right? We have to be reminded over and over. And we have to remind ourselves that it is God who is good. I mean, that's what it says in verse 25. The Lord is good. Yeah. We'll you know, talk to those about who that. Wait on him, to those who humble themselves. Talk, talk about verse 21 in, in the light of certainly we as, as believers aren't in a place that, you know, to, not to the extent that Jeremiah was, although right. we do look around us and we do look at things that are crashing and we do look at economy and we do look at just the, the, the disdain that humanity has for itself, you know, and when no one's getting along and you can't agree with anything. And so we are watching, I believe we're a transition generation. We're watching the crumbling of one society and culture and the rise of another, right? And so for a lot of right. us, like you and me, we're sitting here like Jeremiah and we're like, Lord, we're, we're, we're suffering with the whole because God's not going to parse out his, you know, necessarily his judgment to every single person. Like you said, we suffer as a whole. So, so now we're in this position. Talk about to the believer, why, why verse 21 through verse 24 is so important. What does that do for us? Well, this reminds us of a few things, right? The steadfast love of the Lord, his mercies, his faithfulness, uh, the fact that he is our portion, right? That he is everything that we need, um, that he is good. Um, and, and I think that when we look around, when we look outside at everything going on around us, we can be overwhelmed because we recognize that God is this and he's all powerful and all knowing and that kind of stuff. But somehow this is still allowed. And not only is this all still allowed, but it just seems like maybe God isn't doing anything. And that that is the lament of Jeremiah, right? Like God's not doing anything. Matter of fact, if he is doing anything, he actually seems to be collaborating with our enemies, you know, or at least empowering our enemies. And he's just, he's just utterly depressed at this whole thing. But standing back and just saying, wait a minute, I, 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 there's a bigger picture here. I remember that God is merciful, that he is loving, that he is faithful, that he is good. And because of that, that means that what I'm going through right now, what I'm seeing right now is not the end. This is not the sum of everything, that there may be a fall and a collapse of the the nation as he knew it, but there's going to come a time where God has promises to keep regarding his people. I mean, you think about the fact that, you know, after Jesus uh, ascended and, and the church began to be established and the Roman Empire basically came, they wiped out Jerusalem and 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 the Jews lost their nation and they lost their nation, national and cultural identity. Well, then in the 1940s, they were reestablished as a nation. And, and, and you see, that's that was even part of, you know, 
prophecies all along through the Old Testament of how the nation of Israel would be, in a sense, cut off and then reborn. And and so God's promises and God's timetables is so much bigger than our minute perspective and our 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 life on earth. And Jeremiah is having to remind himself, oh, right, there's a bigger picture here. There's the character of God and there's the purpose of God. And, and I think for Christians, it's important for us to see that. Yesterday, I was sharing with River Community Church from Isaiah 43 about how God says, I'm doing new things. Do you not perceive it? And, and one of those, one of the ways to translate perceive it is, are you not aware of it? And, and, it, and a lot of times we can lose our awareness that God is still working. He's always working and he's always working for our good and for his glory. And that's, that's this revelation moment, right? For Jeremiah, as he laments over the real loss of, of his nation's pride and his nation's existence and his nation's strength. He also, it, it's, it's driving him to be more aware of how good and faithful, merciful and loving God is. And I think we need to recognize that sometimes God will use pain mm. and use pressure points like this to open our eyes and say, whoa, whoa, where's God? Oh, there's God. Now I remember. Yeah. His, you know, it's funny because his, his layment is over what is, what's clearly his reality and all the people around him. Now, this is the pain, this mm-hmm. is the ruin and destruction. But in what's corporately being experienced as chastisement, there's personal promises here. When he says that your mercies are new every morning, he says, the Lord is Mm. my portion. And and so talk about this idea that despite, you know, we got like three minutes left, two minutes left, despite what's happening around us, it doesn't have to impact our personal connection with God. Talk about that. Well, and, and I think that phrase, I'd like to just zero in on that, my portion. You know, I challenge all of us listening right now, you and I, as we're talking, is God my portion? Is God my salvation? Mm-hmm. Is he my God? Am I able to say, oh, God, my God, you know, and, and finish the sentence in, in, the, in, my own, in my own sense of possession? And I think a lot of times, and this is a challenge for parents, like we're raising our kids, like we're leading our children to become followers of Christ. But at some point, our kids need, need to be able to say, I am a Christian. I am a follower of Christ. God is my God. I believe this for myself, you know, and, and that is where we take the fingers, uh, you know, that are pointing out and point them back at ourself yeah. and recognize that God is always concerned with the heart of every person. He is always dealing with us individually, that even national judgment has individual implications in God's purposes and plans. And Jeremiah is encountering that. He's experiencing that. And we should experience that on a regular basis. I think if our finances are hurting, if our health is hurting, if we're having conflict, you know, because of our faith or those kind of things, all those pain points, they have their own, you know, unique, um, experiences for each one of us, but ultimately what should be the same is we should get to that point where we're falling on our knees and we're saying, God, you are my God. You are faithful to me. You are good to me. You are my portion. I trust Amen. in you. I remember this. Come to me, help me. And he will. Amen. Um, he's a very personal, relational God. And, th- and that's what we uh, can glean from this. Amen. Hey, we are out of time for this episode. I hope you have enjoyed um, this discussion. And just kind of as, uh, as we're wrapping this up, I just want to encourage you God's mercies are new every morning to you. Um, and so it's, it's a great picture 
of a restart every day, even though there are no days with God for us, there are. And I think it's God's way of communicating. You can wake up every morning and know that nothing from the previous day is held against you. Everything is new. And so I hope you uh, take that encouragement to heart. God bless you. And we'll see you next time on Shouts of Grace. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.